that we are back with another episode of Pop Apologist. Lauren, I got a blowout today right before this recording. I actually got my hair done. And I'm just longing for the days where we can have full glam before recording mm. Mm. and just, you know, plop into our studio chair and, you know, just oh, fully yeah. <laughs> record oh, with, you know, with a very easy process. And those days are probably never going to happen, but I dream. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice that you're dreaming big. I think even just the dream of having more time to do your own glam because uh, maybe you aren't, you know, working away at a full-time job could potentially oh, yeah. be a more realistic dream for this podcast. I thought you were talking about my my lack of good makeup. You're like, maybe if you had just a little bit more time too to do an actually like, good job. If you could just groom yourself and not rely on someone to come and groom you. <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, how are you? Well, you look beautiful. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for asking. I'm just off the heels of my anniversary weekend. Okay. Oh my gosh. I've just been dying. I know. Of excitement well, for you. One year of marriage. I know. And uh, it's after one year of marriage, Kagan and I have decided to stay together to inspire everyone with our commitment of being together for one full year. Wow. We're just hoping to give inspiration to Everyone who believes I in mean, marriage nationwide. Monogamy has never felt like a you know a greater <laughs> thing to believe in. Wait, you have to do the Heather Dubrow thing where you say we've been married for one year but together for eight. No, or whatever. See, I actually, I'm loving being only together. Now I just oh, it's our one year anniversary. Like anytime someone asks me how long Kate and I have been together, I'm now gonna start just going back to the wedding day. So why? Because I feel like it's younger and sexier. So if someone asks me, I'll just be like because I don't want to lie. So I can't be like, oh, we've been together for five years. So I'm going to say is, oh, six months ago, we celebrated our first anniversary. That's what I'll say. <laughs> Giving people a math problem to do. <laughs> Eight months ago, we celebrated our year and a half anniversary of being together for 3.5 years. <laughs> oh, or, or you know, I'll just say, I'll just say, we recently celebrated our one year anniversary. That's what I'm going to say for the next 12 months. I don't know. There's something about one year anniversary that just sounds so like, Want, want. No, I know no that's, that's why they're going to be just... like, look at these two. They're probably having so much sex. They're just so obsessed <laughs> with each other. They're in the very beginning. Okay. Wow. Oh, we, I might, I might do a vow renewal every five years too to restart the clock. I would love that just for the party alone. <laughs> Lord knows you throw one hell of a party. Well, I definitely can't afford it. So uh, maybe every twenty years. But Great. anyway, so I chatted with my friend Isabella because you know. Chandler, this is my first wedding anniversary, so I don't know necessarily what to expect, right? I don't know why this felt different from... Actually, I do know why. Kagan and I never really ce celebrated anniversaries because we okay. never agree when we started dating. Is so, there a discrepancy in like the facts? I always wanted to backdate to our first date, and he mm. always wanted it to be like when we became official. But for me, I, I, I wasn't dating anyone else when we were right. courting. Men are so annoying like that. They like want to stick to like the facts. I felt like it was like he he didn't want on some level. It was like because I had our I had my strict two year timeline for when he needed mm -hmm. to propose. Oh, so right, I think right, he right. wanted some breathing room. Yeah, which I was not yeah. ready to give him. Yeah, that's annoying. Ben did the same thing, but our anniversary is on our is our first date. So Kaya and I never really celebrated anniversaries because we never agreed on a date. So really with our first wedding anniversary approaching night hand, Chandler, I have to tell you, I really didn't know how to go about this because- wow, I didn't know this about you guys. Yeah. Well, now you do. You're now learning do. something new about me every day. I'm just an, I'm an onion. I'm so layer lucky. Layer by layer, piece by piece, Chandler. Yes. You're, you're so lucky. So anyway, I- didn't know what to do because I didn't know if anniversaries are this reciprocal thing where I get him a card and a gift. He gets me a card and a gift. Mm -hmm. Maybe we go on a trip. Maybe sure. there's like a, a huge ring, <laughs> a diamond upgrade. What <laughs> really is in store? Okay. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, long story short, I just kind of did nothing and kind of treated it like Valentine's Day. Okay. And Kagan, very sweetly, he got me a card. He got me flowers. He got some pastries for us. I know that it was all done the morning of our anniversary, but you know Whatever. what? I, you was, want your pastries I was happy fresh. with it. I was yeah. thrilled. And so anyway, but I didn't do kind of anything. So I'm curious. Good. Like, have I failed as a wife? 
No, no, absolutely not. What do you do on your anniversary? I wait for my gifts to arrive. Okay. Wait. <laughs> well, this no, I mean, there's, I, I do like a card and sometimes we've exchanged gifts, but you know, our anniversary happens to be January 16th. So it's coming up. Um, it'll be three <laughs> oh, <God>. years. <laughs> We've been together for three, engaged for six months. And <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so sometimes I get a Christmas and anniversary gift roll together if I, you know, if I want a higher ticket item. I don't know. We we're not huge like gift exchangers, but I think a card is is a given. And from a each nice of you dinner to is a each, given to yes. the other person. Yes. So you yeah. get him a card too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do get him a card always. See, I get Kagan a card for his birthday, a gift yeah. for Christmas. But on yep. Valentine's, I don't know. I feel like most of the time no, you don't do a, a card on Valentine's Day. To me. That maybe you are a bad wife. Maybe, maybe you should I get have. A Honestly, he, he I should divorce like I, you. I feel like I have amnesia. Anyway, I texted Courtney and I was like, "Okay, help. Do you write Wyatt a card on Valentine's and your anniversary, or are those holidays more about anniversary tokens from him to you?" For the record, I've never seen that bitch write a card in her life. She said, "I don't do much. I just like to receive." So <laughs> this this was also very vindicating. Yes. And can I okay, can I tell you like the real honest truth? Because you've been lying this whole time before. <laughs> Guys, this is gonna make him sound so bad. I know he loves me. We have a beautiful relationship. But he's not the most sentimental of guys. Mm-hmm. He's really not. I just don't see him like one time he was literally throwing away stuff in his office and he said do i should I keep these cards you give me <laughs> referring to birthday cards and probably a few valentine's cards that were probably so, like know. two pages each like yeah and the thing is is i get so specific and hold myself right. to a high standard of like writing and stuff it can't be just platitudes and cliches just say it okay i found you, you. Are the editor of the byu <laughs> literary <laughs> magazine <laughs> Actually, don't make us beg for it. (laughs) Thank you for bringing it up because honestly, I wasn't sure some people didn't know that uh, that used to be my my job in college. So I was the editor in chief of Inkscape, okay, a journal of art and literature. Thank you, Chandler, for eight months during my (laughs) sophomore year of of college or junior or whatever. Anyway, yes. So again, I don't know. I just I got demotivated about the card thing, and I do feel like I failed. No, I think that's fair. If, if words of affection or whatever, words of affirmation are not his love language, if he doesn't receive them and cherish them, I think it's okay for you to roll back on that. Yeah, it's it's so weird. It's like sometimes I just, I don't know, men are just so ineffable to me. They're so mysterious. Like, I, I don't know that they receive these tokens in the same way a lot of times women do. No, they know. absolutely do not. I mean, like, I will does say, Ben love your cards? Does he cherish them? That you that you bring this up because... Yeah, especially when we were long distance, we would like write each other cards and letters and whatnot. Not nothing crazy, but like you know, we would do that. Especially, I, I always was like, you know, the person starting the card, you know, chain, and then he would send them back or whatever. But this weekend, he actually sold a, his like little nightstand on Facebook Marketplace, and as he's literally handing you know the woman the nightstand, he said he heard something rustling around in there. And okay. it was all of our letters that I'd written him, <laughs> that all the letters I'd written him. Stop. Like that were like stuffed behind the drawer that were like it, it they weren't invisible, I'm sure, because they were like underneath the drawer. Anyway, he almost gave them all away to this woman. This is what leads me to be less motivated to write yeah. a card. It's that kind of treatment of our no. tokens of devotion. And so and, and like you said, it's like you painstakingly think of specific things that you know will reveal new details that you've noticed about your love. And sometimes you just you know it. For what exactly? Exactly. So I would love listeners, I would love to hear from you. Send us a DM. I'm just super curious what you guys think, how you approach anniversaries with and and Valentine's Day with your husbands yeah. or your, you know, this is really a female to male situation. I'm very curious how you approach that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay. Chandler, what's been going on with you recently? 
Well, Lauren, it's funny you ask. I really had nothing to bring to the table in terms of personal stories until this morning rolled around. And, you know, it's just a normal morning for myself in New York. And Ben, <laughs> and I just want to say. Just a girl in the city. A just girl a girl in the city. city living I was her just life. My Carrie Bradshaw life. Well, it's mm-hmm. the reason why I say, you know, a normal day in the city is because I want to tell you, first and foremost, this story will hopefully just add a dose of reality to maybe any time that I glamorize living in New York. Are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. So Ben needed his car to go to the shop. There's a check engine light, whatever, boring details. And Ben was coming to pick up the car to take it. And upon receiving the car, they looked underneath the hood. And do you know what they discovered underneath the hood, Lauren? I'm nervous. A rat. A crab. A little crab. A crab? A crab that had been fully eaten. A crab shell. Crab like hard shell. Okay. That was from a rat that had dragged it from the garbage of like a seafood store to the underneath the hood of Ben's car, which is where it had been nesting and living for the past week because that's the last time we like drove it a week ago. There was literally like rat droppings. You know, you can picture it. So that is what we were dealing with this morning. And for those reasons, the guy could literally couldn't even take the car because they were like, we don't know what's going to happen with the engine or whatever. It's they didn't want the liability, as mom would say. Anyway, that was my morning this morning was dealing with the uh, with the rat living inside our car, basically rent free. You know, honestly, these little unsavory details, they do make me feel a lot better about never having lived in the glittering island of Manhattan. So thank you. Thank you, Chandler. But that's honestly disgusting. It's disgusting. And this is not uncommon as well. So the rat just dragged out of the trash and then thought your car looked like a good place to nest and brought it up to eat. Like rats like you will, will get your Uber Eats and then bring it onto your Literally. Couch. It was just like, yes, it was. <laughs> it precisely it was having its surf and turf wow. within the hood of Ben's car. And it, you, I don't know how cars work, but, you know, there's a way for a rat to crawl up and underneath the hood. I'm not sure from where, but rats like will oftentimes like make a little nest inside the hood of the car. Anyway. And then like, what happens when you details. drive it again? Do you turn it on and the I think, rat like catches on fire or what happens? Well, I don't know. Thankfully, we weren't driving it, but I think they can like chew through wires or whatever. They can do serious damage. Was the rat still in there? Or it's just the no, crab the was rat left. was not in there. It was just the crab and the, the nest. No. The rat that got just away. the leftovers. Yeah. Wow. Well, anyway, thank you so much for that, Chandler. I love so living appetizing. here. I love paying so much money in rent. I love this city. Should we do a little top line? Just a little administrative notes, little conversation with our listeners really quick. Okay. I don't, Come to Jesus moment of sorts. Yeah. I don't know what, what's, what you've got in store, but yes, please, let's do it. Okay. So I put out a call out on Instagram and I said, folks, we got to know, is there ever something where you see it in the title of the episode and you're like, I'm not interested. I don't care about Taylor Swift. I don't care about reality, reality television. I don't care about celebrities. Is there some, there's something that makes you skip an episode? Yeah. And it was very interesting to get the responses. So I shared a little bit on stories, what people had to say. And, and honestly, the reason for this is I think sometimes you and I, we pick topics because we think this is what people want to hear about. Like we will say like, this is what everyone's covering. Like you and I, truly started watching the golden bachelor because we were like we got like we don't we stopped watching the bachelor because we thought it was so boring and we're like we don't honestly care that sure a lot of people like it and there's a thriving podcast industry around it but we just are so fatigued by the show and not into it anyway so it was funny because a couple months ago we had a conversation where we're like we need to start watching more shows to talk about more shows on mm-hmm. the podcast right right and what was really fascinating to me was when I got the responses, basically, Chandler, the key thing that people really don't want are TV recaps. Like they just yeah. don't want play-by-play TV recaps. They don't want housewives. Basically, the gist of it is like not super into Bravo, not super into The Bachelor. Yes. And honestly, this was earth shattering to us. And I've actually gotten this feedback in person. Oh, really? About people who don't really like housewives, but they, they're kind enough to say, we like hearing you guys just like chat, you know, about mm-hmm. whatever, about any subject. So we'll listen to the housewives recap, but they're like, I don't watch. And I don't, you know, I don't know any, I don't know anyone you're talking about. Yeah. And so I think I'm actually feeling super relieved about this because I think what we're going to do moving forward is really just discuss stuff 
if something really juicy has happened like if there's something in an episode where it's like hey we got i we have to debrief about this because it's so good kind of like we never really recapped vanderpump rules but then we got into scandal when that shook the nation and i think that yeah i think we'll probably do something similar moving forward and i think this is on kind of chart or on course with where we've been heading because in general we don't watch all of the housewives franchises correct yeah and you know, there are just like plenty of weeks where the show is pretty humdrum yes. or it's just a filler episode. And so I think this will be better for everyone all around. And we were already kind of like not doing a lot of Housewives content. That said, Chandler, I want to chat with you about Oprah making headlines. Okay. Because, you know, she posted a photo in a beautiful purple gown and she said, it's a purple kind of night off to the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures Gala with the color purple family. Okay. Love it. Great caption, Oprah. Jan, fans were shocked, okay? Yeah. Because Oprah was stepping out with a noticeably svelter frame, okay? Mm -hmm. Distinctly Mm -hmm. more diminutive. And the reason why I think people were confused by this is Oprah, basically, like, her struggles with weight loss have been broadcast for forever. So it was shocking, I think, for fans to see her have such a dramatic weight loss so quickly. Right, right. And a lot of people think that Oprah is hitting the Ozempic, okay? Mm-hmm, hitting the mm-hmm. GLP-1 agonist. Which I think is what any any celebrity who steps out with a radically different figure, I think that's just the, the conclusion that everyone's making. Yes, exactly. It's just something seems self-evident. And that wouldn't really make headlines or be that interesting to me, except for the fact that she came out against Ozempic about mm-hmm. three months ago. Yeah. And basically, there's this quote in the headlines where she was like, taking Ozempic would be the easy way out. And so I really don't want to do it is essentially what she said. Yeah. She walked it back majorly because she got a lot of backlash for that. But now, obviously, she is on some sort of GLP-1 agonist for anyone with eyes. So I was reading online about this. And this is what someone wrote. They said, she won't promote Ozempic in the media because she has invested in a different semaglutide product for Weight Watchers. Obviously, she wants to say Ozempic is bad so she can sell more of Weight Watchers version of it. Mm-hmm. And, and what's interesting about that is Weight Watchers has bought a company called Sequence, which is a telehealth company that distributes GLP-1 agonists. And so Weight Watchers is fully getting into the semaglutide game. And so, yeah, I, I find it to be very interesting. Yeah, she, uh, this is a terrible pun, but, you know, she stands to gain a lot (laughs) if if this product does well. Yeah, I I mean, I think a lot of people have made headlines about, you know, talking negatively about Ozempic, and then they end up having to walk it back. They have to eat their words, or at least make it clear that they've been eating very little with the help of a a GLP-1 agonist at some point. Right, right. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Wanted to bring it to the fore. Lauren, I actually don't really care about Ozempic and Oprah. Like, together, it's not a big deal. But I just always want to know about her love life. Like, she has this man, right? She's always Stedman. Stedman, yeah. I was about to say Regis, but different <laughs> older man. One is deceased. Regis dead? I think Regis yeah. is dead. He is deceased, yes. That always shocks me that Regis is dead. Sorry. May God rest his soul. But uh, yeah, I, I would love Oprah to do like, I would love a reality show with her instead. Man, I'd love a book. I just, I want more. I want to hear about it. Or like, weren't mm. they on again, off again? It just seems juicy. It does seem juicy. They never got married, never had children. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. I would love to know if Oprah's ever talked about that decision to not have kids and to not get married. Oprah might be a good deep dive. Oprah would be, I think Oprah could be a very good deep dive. I agree. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's not much to this. Who ca- Like, honestly, for me, anytime it's like, you know, this person's a lot thinner. They're probably on Ozempic. I think it's so boring at this point. Yeah, like, right. Who cares? But I do think it's interesting, I guess, on like a more macro level, that these companies that are centered around helping people lose weight and have been doing this for decades are suddenly mm-hmm. like, mm, we can just actually get in the semaglutide game right. and we can pivot completely towards that and probably have a hundred times the success, a thousand yeah. times the success. Yeah. Very curious to see how they roll that out. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my mm. Clean Simple Eats protein powder. 
Yeah, I feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder, if you blend it with ice and water, you got vanilla frosty, essentially, if you like the Simply Vanilla. If you get chocolate brownie powder, you've got a chocolate frosty. You could do the mint chocolate chip, you got a thin mint frosty, or you just dissolve it in milk or water, and that also strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk it's a super fast easy quick snack also i just love that the ingredients are clean they're grass-fed it's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories it is just the best protein powder out there. Everyone go to cleansimpleeats.com and use the promo code POPAPOLOGIST for 10% off. That's POPAPOLOGIST for 10% off. Cleansimpleeats.com, POPAPOLOGIST for 10% off. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? <laughs> you know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about Framebridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned, cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Okay, Chan. So another piece of news that we need to get into is that, I don't know if you remember this. I'm sure we all do. We all remember all too well, but Harry and Meghan sat down with Oprah and Santa Barbara for a little interview with Oprah. Boy, do I ever. Essentially, the accusation that they leveled that was the most inflammatory and had the power to hurt the monarchy the most was that there were two people in the organization, in the firm, who mm -hmm. questioned what Archie would look like and how dark his skin would be or what color his skin would be. And right. the implication was that these were racist remarks about concerns over Archie's skin color. Okay. I remember like Oprah being like, what? Like Oprah was shocked by this. It was the biggest oh. bombshell to come out of that interview, hands down. It was the biggest bombshell. And Oprah asked, you know, Harry and Meghan, who was it? And they would mm -hmm. not say. Harry said, I will never reveal who that person right. is that said that. So recently, Omid Scobie, his book Endgame came out and something has gone awry. So something has gone terribly awry. Okay. And I'm going to read a little bit because I want to make sure I get all these details straight. So the sale of the Dutch translation of Endgame, his book, has been halted. All right. Mm -hmm. So the sale of the Dutch translation of the book Endgame has been halted because two members of the royal family were named in this book. Mm -hmm. And they, the two members of the royal family that were named are the, you know, the people who were discussing Archie's skin color. Yep. So it was supposed to be redacted. The names were supposed to not be in there. And Omid was just supposed to say he knows who they were. And somehow those somehow, names were published in the Dutch translation. So I don't understand how this happens at all, especially knowing that Omid is literally like Megan and Harry's spokesperson. He's their mouthpiece. He's the guy for them who, you know, is always speaking out in their defense. It also, it just seems so strange that if the name was always going to be redacted in every version, that if he was, that he wouldn't have just said, I, I know who it is, but I'm not going to say, or if he put in, like he should have just put in X or Y right. in place of the name. Right. So I think we both are suspicious that this was done intentionally. Mm -hmm. So what I can't understand is, did some people get to know the names? So the names have been revealed. The names right, have been okay. revealed. No British publisher will, will reveal them for fears Got of um, right. litigation with the monarchy, with the firm. Yep. However, Chandler, none other than Pierce Morgan revealed exactly who the royal racists, the alleged royal racists mm -hmm. are, and they are King Charles and Kate Middleton. Okay. Wow. Wild that those are the name named people, the alleged, you know. The two worst people it could be would be William and Charles. Right. So the fact that it's just Charles and Kate, like this is almost as bad as it gets. Mm -hmm. Okay. That it's, mm -hmm. we, that it's not the, the king and the heir, but it's the king and the future queen. And I think 
we both thought that it was going to be someone along the lines of like senior royals who are much older, like the, the and I don't remember who this person exactly is, but the person who wore that racist Prince Michael of Kent. Yes, exactly. That girl. Yes. That gal. I thought the closest it would get to the inner sanctum would be Camilla. Um, I actually really thought it was Camilla. And so I was floored, shocked by this. So this is what Pierce Morgan has to say, Chandler. This is why he revealed the names. He says, if Dutch people wandering into a bookshop can see these names, then you, the British people who actually pay for the royal family, are entitled to know too. First, it seemed absurd to me that Dutch people should be privy to significant information about our royal family, but British people would be prevented from knowing this. Second, because this whole farrago has gone on long enough and caused enough damage, frankly, it's time we were told exactly what was allegedly said by whom to who, when and where it was said, and in exactly what context. Otherwise, this deeply divisive, racially charged sore will continue to ooze its way into global public consciousness. Morgan continued, third, because in reporting the names, their identities can no longer be held over them as some kind of blackmail threat by the Sussexes. So, uh. yeah. So I think that the, the most apt thing that Pierce said was the following. I think he's when he said, it's time we were told exactly what was said by whom to who and in exactly what context. Right. I think where I maybe am curious is I don't think like King Charles has always struck me as a pretty liberal and progressive person. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I maybe all my royal history is from the crown, so I could be totally off base here. But I guess like it just is shocking to me that this came from Kate, a very young, you know, part of the royal family, and then Charles, who I always deemed to be like pretty liberal. I don't know. It just seems like a really antiquated. If it was indeed a racist conversation, it seems so antiquated, and it's just shocking that it would come from them. If it's true, if it's true that it was said in the nature and context of the way it was said, it's completely egregious and right. utterly shocking that people that parade themselves around as royals and as representative of the com representatives of the Commonwealth are behind closed doors talking in such malevolent ways. Yeah, it's, it's truly ground. Ignorant it's ways. truly earth shattering. And I just don't know. I it definitely what? is antithetical to the personalities that we've been led to believe these people have. And I right. do think that I'm, it's hard for me to truly imagine that they, that they I mean, said it in a nefarious way. Right. I also just want to be like aware, like I know there's colonization and I'm not saying that I think the, the Royal family have an upstanding track record of all things race relations. What I'm <laughs> right. saying is, that, let me just be clear. I just think that it would be really shocking if it came from them, given, yeah, they're supposed to be representatives of the people. So this is definitely a pretty earth-shaking accusation. I honestly don't think anything will come of it, though, in my personal yeah. opinion. I would and, be shocked. Yeah. So, I, yeah, yeah. And I, I really don't know what the path forward is, because as if there wasn't an already, like huge rift between them. Right, right. I think that it'll be very interesting to see what comes out, what new details emerge. I will definitely be combing the internet for details. Same. Anyway, okay, so let's move on, Chandler. What else is going on Ugh. this week? I don't we don't even need a transition because I've been dying to talk to you about the Golden Bachelor finale. I never thought that I would like be so riveted by a franchise, but let me just say that Watching the Golden Bachelor finale post Hollywood Reporter interview. Everyone, if you're listening, if you have not, if you are not a Patreon subscriber, maybe consider subscribing because we do a full breakdown of the Hollywood Reporter article that came out about Gary, the Golden Bachelor. Mm -hmm, and correct. so for me, watching the finale, which I had not seen, watching it after hearing the insane story, you know, alleged story about him, I was shook. I was shook. Honestly, I've watched a lot of these finales of The Bachelor. This is so lame to say, but truly, this finale actually is so dramatic and so good. And I think it doesn't matter if you know about these characters at all. Like, you could just watch the finale of right, The Golden right. Bachelor and honestly just go to the scene. Like, yeah, just watch this episode where they meet the the family and then watch his date with Teresa and Leslie mm -hmm, and the, mm -hmm. the ending. It is the most captivating two hours of television. Yeah. I was glued to the screen. And honestly, I was like quietly dying inside through a lot yes. of it. 
I was cringing. Like my jaw hit the floor multiple times because I was like, is this for real right now? And so much of that is because of what we know now from this article. Okay. So where do you want to start with the Golden Bachelor finale, Jan? And where do you, where do you want to start? First, Jan, let's get into meeting the children. Okay. How did you feel that meeting the children went for both women? The whole thing seemed so awkward to me. You know, there's something about just like sitting in a room and drinking orange juice with the two daughters (laughs) and the two nieces or sorry, granddaughters. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The whole thing just seemed awkward. I think the part that was always just a head scratcher for me is when like the daughters are like, we're going to ask her some hard questions. <laughs> that hard question is, if he asked you to marry him, would you say yes? Would you? I- would you? <laughs> that part was honestly hilarious and such good acting on their part. Yes. Just like the women are like, I'm so in love with your grandmother. Yes. <laughs> He's so incredible. When he looks at me, he makes me feel so wonderful and seen and heard. He is my other half. He completes me as a human being on this planet. And then you're right. The daughter will be like, listen, I liked meeting Leslie, but I need to know, okay, if my grandfather proposes to her, like, is there a chance she's going to say no? Like, they really put heart. They like put the screws to him. I genuinely think the producers and the daughters, like the producers told the daughters, like you have to have some hard question. Yeah, totally. And they're like, okay, what is it? What are they going to ask about a substance abuse in the past, about their divorces? Probably not. Downer, downer. What if we just create this fictional idea uh, scenario where one of the women would turn him down after they profess their undying love? Like if you thought about it for another 30 seconds, I could ask like, you know, how do you feel about moving to Indiana or like other actual like logistical questions that are, you know, big things you get into as your relationship gets more serious. Are you really ready to close your eyes for the rest of your life and be married to Kermit the Frog? Okay. Literally. Literally. That could be a tough question. Are you going to deal with having to explain to people that the name is spelled like Jerry, but it's said as Gary? (laughs) For the rest of your life. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, have you ever been to Big Long Lake? Are you ready to stare at Big Long Lake for the rest of your life Forever. in Indiana? Forever. Forever. No, it, that part was so funny. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early Bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these <laughs> products, these gummies, Everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com. POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can I tell you something else that's funny about this? Yeah. So mom thinks that the date went terribly with Leslie, with the daughters. Oh, and really? And she thinks that's when everything changed for him. Yes. Do you know why? Why? Because she says that when Leslie cussed, she said Gary was oh. horrified. And oh the daughters and the granddaughters were horrified. And that is when like it, the, you know, the shackles fell from Gary's eyes and it was he was over for Leslie and Gary. Mom is literally living in an episode of like Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> if she thinks that's real, also wasn't the moment when Leslie cussed when she was like quoting Gary. When yes, she said, and like, also yes, and I want to talk about that moment also. By the way, okay, let's talk about it. So Leslie tells the story to the daughters and the granddaughters, you know, and she says they were like, "What changed the fantasy suite or something like that?" As was their question, and I think Gary made like a 
a sex joke or maybe that happened with Teresa. Anyways, super awkward. And Leslie though says it happened for me when I heard Gary accidentally say, you know, the F word and she says it. Yeah. And she said, you know, she kind of covers her mouth and starts laughing. And she goes, then at that moment, I was like, oh, I kind of sighed with relief. Like, I can cuss around this guy. We can cuss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which to me was extremely like revealing about like actually how much they connected. I feel like if you don't know whether or not you can swear around someone and they're about to propose to you, that's kind of a weird thing. Well, I think everyone's on their best behavior because they're in front of the cameras. You know, he's probably trying to be as polished as possible. I think Teresa alluded to that as well. They for sure had off-camera moments or just no, like... No off-camera moments before I mean, the fantasy suites. None. Okay, maybe not off-camera moments, but like, I guess if you if that's the first time you... I don't know. Maybe he is just a really like buttoned up guy, but... Seems we have crazy to remember to... that the entire process is four weeks. So I think yeah. it's pretty easy to maintain a very buttoned up composure across four sure. weeks. Sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I, I thought not to get bogged down by this, but I felt like one of the daughters was like, it's actually so great to see him and Leslie kind of letting loose because this is yes. how I would expect that he would talk and be with his partner. Mm-hmm. So I think mom was totally off the pulse Mom's with totally that off. moment. Love yeah. you. Love you so much. Love You're you, mom. Completely off base. I want to talk about, though, as we get on with the Leslie date, because it's after the, yeah. the kids leave that kind of everything hits the fan. Okay. So basically what happens is, is Gary and Leslie have really had quite the connection this whole time. And like he says, we've had a rhythm. They've had a rhythm together. You know, when a guy suddenly is not treating you the same. Like something mm-hmm. has changed. Like the air changes, like on a dime, yes. hand snap. Yeah. And anyway, so what Gary has said in interviews is that something happened during the fantasy suites where he made his decision and mm-hmm. he flipped like a light switch yeah. to Teresa and that was it. And Leslie could feel that he was no longer super into her, that something has mm-hmm. shifted yep. during the date with the kids. But you know, you're talking right. with the kids, you're not, it's not one-on-one. So you don't really kind of, you don't have time to dwell on it or to right, dissect right. it. So it was so funny because they go out from the meeting with the kids. They like sit on this little bench and then Gary's just like, well, I'll see you later tonight. Um, I think it's time to go. Are you ready to go? Mm-hmm. Like, And we've never seen him basically like usher someone out. Right, so right. like desperately, essentially. Yes. And you can feel that something has changed. And then Leslie yes. says that something has changed. Yeah. And that she then, can tell by his body language or something, you know, that yes. Well, yeah. And like, it's kind of like, you know, how that feeling when someone's super into you and they also don't want you to leave and they're kissing yes. you and stuff. And then all of a sudden they're not doing that. And like, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. things are weird. Leslie kind of tries to chalk this up to him being stressed out, him just not being himself or whatever. So they separate for the rest of the day. They get to the evening portion of the date and they see each other. And Leslie kind of brings up that he wasn't himself. And he kind of, he does that thing where he's like, yeah, this process has really gotten to me. He's blaming yes. it on Right. The pressures of being the bachelor. And that's why right. he's not himself right now. Yeah. Yep. But it's so funny because he's like, let's turn the page, grab that big old wine glass in front of you, take a sip, let's take a gulp. Cheers to us, new beginnings. Like trying so hard. So hard. He's just trying to get through the date. That's what you can totally. Feel. And and it's like one like platitude after the next completely and he's like thank you so much for this journey we've been on together thank you for what you've taught me he's just right he's just kind of like saying things literally to pass time yes and they're all like lukewarm things hollow completely yeah so and what i wanted to touch on is that gary already sounds not super genuine when he is talking to like women he's genuinely interested in you know when he says you're making me feel very special sorry for my you know gary impression but so he already doesn't sound like super real or contrite i guess and when he is telling leslie these things these like hollow platitudes it is so cringy because you can just tell that he is so over it and it just sounds so forced like at one point i feel like she says to him i love you and he goes that is such a nice sentiment. <laughs> no, Chandler. So she goes, you complete me. Or I feel whole when I'm with you. Something like that. Oh and then she goes, I love you so much. Like, I love you very, very much. Mm-hmm. And he goes, 
That is such a special sentiment. Yes. <laughs> like he's not responding. He's just talking about how when someone tells you they love you, that's a really big deal. He's I mean, talking about like the sentence in theory. I think I threw my knitting needles down at that point because I was just like, my heart broke and I was just dying of embarrassment for her. It's just like, it's so not, I'm not actually embarrassed for her because he's the weirdo in this, but it just is so sad to see. Well, then and it was like, literally like a day later after like they're, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. And then remember this, she goes, I don't know that I can live without you anymore. You know, like I can't imagine my life without you. Mm-hmm. And he goes, that's huge. Yes. That's, that's huge. huge. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I have to like give credit where credit is due. The, the way that he's able to come up with like lukewarm, like nice responses on the fly is very impressive. Like I can't imagine like that's huge. <laughs> I cannot like, imagine telling a guy I'm in love with him and it mean like that's huge huge that's huge that you feel that no, way the next time ben says i love you i'm gonna say that's huge, huge. <laughs> okay it's so, so bad then, it's like i was dying watching this it's so, so bad. The, the wheels are coming off the bus at this yes. point like leslie has been trying to keep this ship afloat she has been trying to suspend her disbelief to not have her credulity strained, yeah. I feel like she's also upping her sentiments. Like she's tr- yeah. like she's going further and further to try to pull him back. Exactly. And like pull those, she wants to be reassured. Yes. But in her pursuit of being reassured, she essentially gets pushed off a cliff. Because like as each you know sentiment gets more and more dramatic about her devotion yes. to him, his responses continually get you know more pathetic in comparison see, and it's see, he can't see, fake huge. it i cannot that like, i will never huge. get over it <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry it's just so good everyone needs to at least just go on hulu and watch that scene alone because it's worth like all the hours we spent watching this season you honestly as a sociological study you could just watch this this scene play out so then the wheels come off the bus he kind of is like I think it's time he's, for me to Yeah, he's like, I think it's time for me to go. I think it's time for me to go. Which was like also awkward. She's unraveling. Yeah, yeah. You know, and before it was hot and heavy with them. They were kissing. It was like, right. you know, before they would leave, it was just pa- passionate embraces. And all of a sudden, yeah, he's just very, very cold with her in comparison. She says to him, is there anything else you want to tell me? Yes. And he says, nope. Just that I have a big decision to make. A very tough yes, decision. Yeah. And so then he leaves and she is just like completely beside herself, beside herself unravels. So then he goes back. Can I also just say this is, I don't know, one day, two days after he says to her in the fantasy suite, you're the one. I mean, he really, really made it seem like she was the one for him. Like we saw him say to her on the Ferris wheel, you're my girl, you're my girl. Like, she said that she, when she went into that, she had a hundred percent confidence that she was going to mm-hmm. be the one for Gary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he comes back and this is when he basically says like, can I talk to you? And they sit down. And anyway, I, th- I feel like we should just maybe leave it. Should we leave it there or should we discuss yeah, this? Leave it there. I, I don't, I don't have yeah. anything to say about it. You know, other than it's just, just like, utterly devastating devastating. and she nails him to the cross for basically telling her that she was the one right and for really leading her to believe and okay this is the one thing i want to say somewhat in gary's favor here okay is i feel like it's to his credit that he couldn't fake it like i personally feel like he genuinely did have some a flip switch something happened and he couldn't fake it he I couldn't agree. pretend. I mean, and it would be sociopathic if he could be so perfect with each one right up to the very end. It actually made me want to go back and watch previous Bachelor Bachelorettes and see what that final date was between the two of them. Like if if they're always like 50-50 in, in terms no, of affection. I feel like they do a really good job in a lot of the seasons with you not being able to tell who's going to win. Right, right. Unless right. you know the spoiler. So I actually think it's like to Gary's credit that yeah, he couldn't fake it so yeah, i think something yeah. something happened in the fantasy suite where he got the ick with her something happened or and he no got no the no ick. 
I don't know if he got the ick because I I feel like after the fan like in the morning after the fantasy suite he was so into her. I think it was I think it was the Teresa date where he was like I'm out. Like I feel like he, once he was with Teresa the switch flipped. Mom has another theory. Oh here we go. That basically Leslie is super emotionally unstable and a Debbie Downer, mm-hmm. and she's always yeah. talking about how no one's ever chosen her or picked her, and mm-hmm. she's never had yeah. till death do us part. And she says on the flip side, Teresa is just very nice and calming and reassuring, and seems mm-hmm. like she sec- has a very secure attachment style. Right. And right. so it wasn't just like the economic stability; it was also the neediness. And maybe there was a, something where Leslie behind closed doors was not only needy but also very financially needy. You know who? We don't know. No one knows. Right. Also, didn't he kind of say that to Leslie when they finally, doesn't he say like, I just, you know, Teresa had had like this, you know, I knew that she knew how to be in a marriage, basically something along those yeah, lines. He, so that's what he said. He said that he felt like Teresa knew how to keep a relationship going, which made so, me feel sick. Like that just made me feel really sad. I feel like that's a pretty terrible thing to say. So maybe there's something kind of unstable about less yeah i don't know i honestly don't know but i honestly am truly shocked because he genuinely seemed much more physically into leslie yeah so it's yeah. shocking that he did not go for i would have bet money on the fact that it was yes, Leslie. completely yeah. anyway did you want to talk about the the ending after the final oh, rose yes okay so this is the other moment where like the record scratch for me with gary i mean it's been scratching like all weekend but basically there's a moment at the very, very end where they're like, we've got one more surprise for you, you know, for Gary and Teresa. And Jesse says, we remember on your date to the diner, you know, you talked about oh, wanting to go to Italy and, you know, we are sending you on a vacation to Italy. And everyone, the crowd goes wild and, you know, they're like, oh my gosh. And literally within five or six seconds, Gary like puts up his hand like... <laughs> Well, like, like he's got something to say and he goes well that's very convenient because <laughs> we can use that as our honeymoon because we're going to get married as soon as possible we want to get married as, as soon as possible po- as soon as possible because at our age you never know how much time you have left <laughs> which i swear there's like someone he's got an earpiece and someone at abc is like all right time to say that line again <laughs> because he's it's like a drinking game and well, to me that some some alarm bells went off when he was like, we're going to get married as soon as possible. You know, they're getting married on January 4th and it's going to be what? live on TV. I, yeah. I, did, I knew it was going to be televised. I didn't know there was already a date. January 4th they're, at La Quinta, Palm Springs. That's just where I was. Was that there where the wedding be a was that you were at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, was it beautiful? beautiful? It was okay, beautiful. Okay, amazing. Good for them. I just felt like when he said that, for me, I just wanted to say, Teresa, Teresa. Wake up. You don't know what life is like with him. You guys have no clue what normal life is like. Right, if right. your wedding is sponsored, your honeymoon is sponsored, okay? You have a month to get through and then you're you're married. Like, right. this guy could be cheap as fuck. This guy, like, I don't know. We There's already just, know he is. When you're in everyday life, we already know he is. They're he just going to... Had a woman move into his house and start paying him for utilities. I mean... The worst part about that article and his cheapness was him having her pay him ahead of time when they went out to dinner so that he could, you know, put down his card and look like the hero for her portion of the dinner. Also, (laughs) so they're just like literally going to like, okay, finale just happened. They're going to go to Christmas and then they're going to be married. Like, I just really hope there's a prenup or something. I hope there's a prenup too. This is worrisome to me. And it was worrisome how many times he said, we're going to get married as soon as possible. Yeah, it was weird. Like, what guy is rushing down the aisle like that? He could for sure. I don't know exactly what guy is rushing down the aisle that way. Very, very concerning. He could fully just be like a dirty John. Like, you just don't know. And maybe he's not a dirty John fully because to to your point earlier about, you know, him not being able to fake it with Leslie. But maybe he's an opportunist. And I like... I feel like also maybe he's just cheap. Like the the way that he said it's very convenient that we can use that as our honeymoon where he was like the cost savings of using this free trip from ABC as our honeymoon. You know, like he just seems like so cheap to me. Do you want to hear my snob moment? What? (laughs) I I wanted to be like, what kind of trip to Italy is this? No, a trip to Italy could literally be uh, like nothing to write home about like also how are they getting there most of all where are they staying how are they staying like what hotels because are they going to be 
in like gorgeous, gorgeous hotels in Capri and Amalfi Coast or no, anywhere really in Italy? Or are they going to be like, I don't know, at the Marriott? We've seen the Bachelor Mansion, even <laughs> the rentals in Costa Rica. Like it's all very mid. It's all so mid. Anyway, I wish nothing but the best for these two, though. I do hope it all works out and they have I- a stunning trip to Italy. I can't wait to see. I mean, I feel like also any any rush down the aisle to a New Year's Eve wedding, a la Tom and Luann, it's just bad omen. So we uh, that concludes our recap or discussion of The Golden Bachelor. I'm definitely going to watch the wedding. So we'll probably talk about that For a little sure. bit. For sure. But anyway, yes, what a finale, truly. Yeah. Okay. One other thing before we depart today, we need to get into Morgan Wade making her debut on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. What did you think when you watched that scene? Here's what I thought. I thought Kyle seemed nervous. I thought she seemed giddy. She was like playing with her hair, the way she looked at Morgan, you know, and maybe it's just impossible to unsee all the rumors. Uh, But you know what else I saw? I saw how attractive Morgan is. Like, I am into her energy. I I actually like her voice. Someone was saying that, like, her voice is annoying or something. I like her voice. I just, I I, I get it. She has, like, a, a pull to her. I think that Morgan has a swagger. She has, yes, like, a swarthy exactly. swagger um, that I think is born from an energy of, first of all, not being bogged down by the patriarchy at all not caring mm-hmm. about the male gaze. I think that looks very freeing. Um, right. Imagine that. And, imagine that. And I think Morgan truly doesn't care about what anyone thinks about her mm-hmm. and very mm-hmm. much is her own self-possessed person. And so there is an energy there. I think you and I are big fans of her music. So I think that changes things too for us. But I will agree with you that Chandler – I felt like Kyle was with a new guy she was into. Like, yes. or not to be heteronormative, but like, it seemed like she had a completely a crush on Morgan. I just, it, I could feel the crush energy. It was like the, she's looking at her, she's playing with her hair. She's completely know. giddy. She's completely yeah. like, right. you know, when you have that on edge butterflies excitement yes. and everything, like you're, the person's talking and you're smiling, just looking mm-hmm. at them. Like mm-hmm. you could feel the oxytocin right. flowing through Kyle when yes. Morgan was there. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. Very I, interesting. I like she just never behaves like that around anyone else. No. No. It's also so interesting that Morgan's like fully getting mic'd up and being on the show. I know. Um, I know. Yeah. So this is just completely wild. Um a very good episode of Beverly Hills. I just wanted to hear about what you thought about yes. um, Kyle and Morgan though. We don't have to get too deep into Beverly Hills. Um thank you guys for listening this week. Do you have anything else to tell our, our no. listeners? Thank you for listening. Love you all. We'll see you on Patreon. Yes. Okay. Love you guys. We will be back on Patreon and for subscribers with a bonus episode on Friday. And with that, we'll see you next week. See you next week. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Bye.